You're listening to the My Victory Podcast. Don't mind me. With the wind in Lethbridge, you never know. And I use old school notes. So I just wanted to put this up here. I got a few rocks. Just for a bit of an, bit of an illustration a little bit later. But first of all, I want to welcome you watching online in all our campuses, Mike and Kara. I believe they're speaking in their own campuses this week. But I'm going to say welcome to the anyways because they might tune in. And we'd love to people to see all the campuses and all the leadership that we've got that are sharing today. So we've got Mike and Kara and Lloyd. Give it up for them. <laughs> Brian and Heidi in Claire's home looking like they're enjoying their motorcycle. Uh, Tanisha and Joel in Okotoks, and Okotoks launched My City Care this weekend as well. Their own My City Care full-time thing going on there. So God is moving in so many crazy ways. Uh, and then we got Renee and Jill in Tabor, and then myself and Cindy here in Lethbridge. And then our newest addition is Tim and Jan online, and they have been killing it with the devotions and so much. It's, it's 24-7 now. Right? People are getting ministered to because there's people from all over the world tuning in, and it's so exciting. And then if you're watching for online at My Victory Lethbridge, thank you guys for, for listening to me today. I trust you're going to go away today encouraged and a little bit different perspective on maybe your faith journey or the faith journey that you have for others as well. Um, I also wanted to mention uh, Pastor Kelly recently texted me and said, hey, it's been 10 years since he's been in the leadership of this church. And that's the longest lead pastor in this church's history right now. And that's, give it up. And when you think of, when, I want to brag on this guy for a bit. When you think about what's, now we got, how many of my city cares? Six? Six campuses in 10 years. And, and it's done through leadership, but it's also his leadership, but it's also him trusting people after he's put this vision into their hearts that they can just go. And do this. And we're seeing it happen all over. And last week we were preaching uh, online for the Bridge Church. And Bridge Church in Medicine Hat has also taken on my city care. So we have got tremendous leadership through this time. And not only because of his own leadership, but then he puts leaders around him that are just on it and want to go for it and make a difference in, in our communities. And that's what the church is. It's a movement. And this thing is moving, guys. And uh, I'll challenge you to become a part of it in some way. You know, join a team. Begin serving um, give a little bit of your time. Like, we don't, we don't need to see this. I love to see our same people all the time, but, but they don't, they're, they're good with you taking over a part of their job, honestly, right? Because they'd love for you to, do, to get into those things, but that's not my message tonight. But I want, as a campus pastor, those next steps are so vital, and you are so welcome to participate. Don't, don't undersell yourself. Don't make excuses about how Christian you are or not. The theology, just come and serve, and that's what we would love to see. Um, I titled my message, The Escape. <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> um, I'm just, have, you ever, have you ever been stuck in a situation where you think there's no way out? You know, I don't know if you've ever been there. You know, where you look at it and you go, there's just no hope. I can't see it. You, you're just, depression is like that. I find depression can be like that. You know, I've, I've seen people that are depressed and they're stuck in a pit. And there's no way out. But up. And it's a good way to look. But we get in those situations. And I say sometimes we find ourselves trapped in those ways, three different ways, by others. Somebody, you know, maybe there's a situation. Maybe they're a hurting person and they hurt you and that puts you in a bad situation. Um, sometimes by ourselves. You know, we just, we just mess up. We, we don't take care of ourselves emotionally or, or spiritually and all of a sudden we're down a path that we never meant to go down and then there's no turning back and next thing you know, we're in need of escape. We're stuck in that situation. And sometimes it's just circumstances. You know, I find when, when I see even the church in this, in this recent time through COVID, I've seen a lot of churches just kind of 
kind of go off the rails and change their whole purpose to, to fighting things that, that aren't on mission. And that's why we don't want to move the lampstand into anything else but who Jesus is. That he's their rescue. He's their escape from every one of these situations. And if you, if you don't see that, then you're going to be focused on something and doing something that really has no purpose in the kingdom. We're scaring people. And I, I, was, I said a couple weeks ago, I'm going to throw my brother under the bus because he, he did some things to me like that, like I had no escape. So I was just a little guy, maybe two, really cute little kid. My brother's a little bit bigger, not quite so cute. But he, we, used to, he used to, we used to fight, and I was like no comparison at all. But, so he'd wrestle me, and, and I hated being pinned on my back. I just hated it. I don't know if anybody like that. I hate it. Like, I can't breathe. I'm like, oh. And then while he'd do that, he'd breathe in my face. Yeah, ooh. So I learned two things. Brush your teeth. Don't eat oranges. And then to boot, he had a theme song. He would do this, na 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 And when I heard that, I was like, oh, Grace, here it comes. I'm going to be trapped. But we got him back one time. Me and my friend John McFadden, we, we, I, I played in the dirt a lot as a kid. And our backyard was just dirt. And we dug a hole. <laughs> it was like a foxhole. You know, guys ever play Army? And, uh, and somehow, it wasn't me, but John McFadden pushed my brother into the hole where his butt went in a hole and his legs and hands were sticking out. So we left him there. <laughs> but he was stuck. He needed, he needed an escape. He needed a rescue. So sometimes we put people in those situations, and sometimes you go, well, that's, you had it coming, man. Right? But do you think it should be different in the church? You know, when we see people go through a rough time, and all of a sudden they're stuck in this place, and you go, you feel like saying, well, you had it coming, man. Right? Is that the right reaction? You know, if we're walking with God and his love is in us, should that be our explanation for it? But yet we kind of need a rescue from that as well, right? Because we're not in the best place. There's a passage in the Bible, and it's one of the most amazing pictures of who Jesus is and how he reacts and relates to us in our experience as humans. Because you see it right in here. It's like how he reacted in this situation was, a, was amazing. And I, I'd want to put us in the same situation if we were faced with that. Because we will be at one point or another in our walk. But how he relates, relates to it. And then I f- really can really see what the love he has for us. Every one of us. And I don't care if you're here today and you've, you've never been in a church. You've never been a religious person. And you're here today. God still wants a relationship with you. He still wants to take whatever burdens in your life from you and represent for you and be your rescuer. But we're just going to go through this whole passage first. It's going to be up on the screen. It's John 8. There's the whole thing. I'll just read the whole thing through, and then we're going to break it down here. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people were gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery, and they made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, This woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law of Moses, it commanded us to stone such a woman. Now, what do you say? And they were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis of accusing him. Next part. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. And when they kept questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And what you can discover with someone in this situation, this is where we can give ourselves a bit of a break. 
Because when you're put in a, in a position of extreme tension and pressure, what's really in you comes out. And if it's fear, it's going to be anger. It's going to be projecting things on others. Because you you're, you're frightened. You're in that place. And it's really part of our code and core beliefs. But that can change. We can change our beliefs. If we're stuck in a place where all we do is respond with throwing stones at others, there's a place that needs to change in our hearts. And in this, we don't see who, only see who Jesus is, but also the light he invites us into. I thought that was going to be a slide, but it's okay. We don't only see who Jesus is, but also the life he invites us into. And that's at the end. And there's clues in this passage that can help us find our freedom, find our escape, find our rescuer. Slide. Verse 2 there. At dawn he appeared again. Should be another slide there. That's okay. Verse 2. At dawn he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him and he sat down to teach them. There it is. He sat down to teach them. The, lead, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made the group stand before him. Now, there's two things in this thing that we can see as two different forms of teachers. They called him teacher, but you can tell, and it even says in the passage that we're really trying to trap him. So they were probably just fraternizing him. Okay, teacher, trying to make an example of him. And he was teaching something they just couldn't understand. Like, they were bewildered by it. And I'm sure there's people that are going to hear this message, and because of what they've been taught, they're going to go, wait a second, that doesn't quite sit right with me. I can't quite embrace that. Something in tells me that I need to, I need to respond through this thing. And I want to tell you a little brief story about two different cultures of employers. I heard this just recently, and it's just two different environments and cultures. And our environment and our culture here at My Victory is different. There was, I believe it was John Maxwell. He was in a, in a hotel in Las Vegas, and he was just blown away by the service of a coffee host. And he asked the coffee host, he says, why are you so amazing? You, you're just, you've got so much joy about you, and you just love serving. You just love, you made my experience that much better. What is it about it? And he says, well, it's all, my, it's all the team around me. They're always asking me. My bosses are always asking me, what can I do to make your job better? How can I help you go further? How can I go to help you get to another level in growth? And he goes, wow, that's amazing. And he says, yeah, but I work for another place. And he says, it's different there. And he mentioned the hotel, but I won't mention it. But he said, there, they're always trying to catch you doing something wrong. So everybody's looking over their shoulder. They can't even take a step ahead without fear of being challenged or cut down. Or they're, they're in this job, but they have no life. They have no freedom. They need an escape. I think our faith journey gets the same way at times, depending on what we're looking at and who we're thinking and who we're listening to, because there's a lot of different teachers out there today, a lot of people trying to tell you what to do. One type of teacher was Jesus, wanted to rescue and bring freedom in that passage, teach you how to be fully alive and not remind you how broken you are. If you read it again, teach us who God is for us, and others in our worst possible moment. This is the worst possible moment in this person's life, this woman's life. The worst possible moment. And we got the other type of teachers. And we're, again, we're always going to have these people in our life. And you know some of these people because they're around you. They're around you all the time. 
They just can't wait till you post something on Facebook. Where they can go, oh, that's wrong. You got to check this out in the scripture. You got this wrong. You got that wrong. And no, this, this, and this. You got, always got these opinions. And right away, your freedom is just robbed from you. And you're feeling like this woman likely just sitting there amongst all these people just trying to make you look bad and just waiting, waiting to see what Jesus is going to say in this situation. And I'll tell you, stoning, it's, it's one of the most gruesome ways to put someone to death back then. Yeah, I don't even want to go into the details of it, but there's still apparently about nine countries that still have stonings. Not endorsed by the country because of human rights, but because of these cultures underground, because these people can't quite let go. They think they need to be in control of these things. But we got something different. But yet we do the same thing. They want to catch you doing something wrong and teach you a lesson. You're going you're gonna to get a lesson. They want to catch you in your worst moment and point it out to you. They want to catch you for some reason so they can feel better about themselves. Because for that moment, they think it's about somebody else. And if you let these people be your teachers, you'll spend your entire life, because I hear this, you'll spend your entire life never being good enough. Like, we got this rock, and look at this young guy in front here. Just look at him. Look at him, people. He's wearing a hat. You got any tattoos? Not yet. Not yet? Okay. <laughs> Have you ever talked back to your parents? No. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> that was a good shot. That wasn't a real rock, you know that, right? I'm wondering, I, I, somebody screamed over there, they're crying. <laughs> I don't like this church. <laughs> Take your hat off next time. Oh, honestly, you guys, I've had, I've had people visit our church. I've had people visit our church and they go, oh man, the worship, everything was this and that and this. But there was that guy with a hat. I'm not sure they're talking about Tim or not. And if you're wearing a hat, it's not about it. Right? But that, what kind of freedom is that individual living under? Because of something that somebody else once said. Sorry, Tim. <laughs> I really beamed him. <laughs> Prayer card. <laughs> Got hit in, hit in the face with a rock in church and lost some sight. That's a good throw, man. You don't want me in the stoning team. And we don't have that here. We don't do that. If you want to sign up, it's like, oh, I want to join the stoning team. Man. That sounds like, I used to play baseball. Poo. No more tryouts for you. Okay. But these guys, they broke in and drug her out, likely naked, full of shame, and brought her down the street in front of all these people. And the funny thing was the man was left alone. Because, you know what, as a guy, you could probably understand his dilemma. But isn't that what we do? We only understand grace when, it, when it's an area that we need grace. But when others come to us and, and we go, well, I've got that mastered, we pick up stones pretty quick. Right? Because it just makes us feel a little bit better on their behalf. But the part that the man was left alone, and you know what? This is, this is what makes people hate the church. They hate it because of hypocrisy. And it's got nothing to do with Jesus. It's got to do with us. 
Because we're that example of his love. And they know because they've felt it. They've been in a place where there's stones being chucked. Not physical ones. But it's like, we, we have people still asking us, what do we need to wear? Not hats in the front row. Because <laughs> that was like a target, man. That thing was zoomed in. Man, I've never been that accurate yet. I wonder if, I wonder, we just try one, no. This is another one. I was going to stone three people today, but my wife's not here, so. That would shock her. Mm. Did you go shopping on the Sabbath? Do you remember when the Sabbath was a big deal? I'm not happy the stores are open 24-7 or seven days a week either. But man, we had our rocks out. That's the Sabbath. Really, just wanted a day off. But it's pretty quick we can pick things up. And then we wonder why people don't want to follow this life of following Jesus because of all these things. Verse 4. And said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. Now what do you say? Now we're using this question as a trap. When you're trying to teach someone a lesson, you're basically saying, God, you're not enough. So that's what they're saying to Jesus. No way, we got this guy, because he's not enough. He can't be. Because otherwise, he'd be, he'd be turning this, this woman in. Right? And they could never, you can never get angry at Jesus for, for being too hard on people. They never did. You never see one account in the Bible where they're going, hey, you got to be, why are you so hard on these people? You never saw it. And yet, we tend to just slip right into that mode. It's so funny just to slip right into that and pick up stuff. Well, we got to be hard on them because God just maybe not be enough for them. They were never able to accuse Jesus of using his platform of a leader. He could have easily said, I'm God. Pulled all these things, but he always erred back in grace. And always for the one that was in their worst possible moment. If you're ever going to escape, then you need to let Jesus be your defense. Because this woman, she stood there. She stood there. She never said one thing, if you read it. Never said one thing. And Jesus could have done it differently, but he didn't. He could have just said, hey, he could have tapped out. Hey, man, you, you made your choices. You ended up with that guy. You guys do what you have to do. He could have easily tapped out. But he rescued. She didn't repent first. She wasn't crying. She wasn't this. He stepped in front on her behalf in that situation. Just think about that for a second. Because we often put, when are you going to talk to people about their sin? When do we, what, do we want to put barriers out? That's why it's no perfect people. Right? I love that. And you know why I love it? Because I need it too. I'm a pastor. I need that same grace. You know, don't look at your leadership. Don't put us on a pedestal because we've done that with Christian leaders. And the society sees it and then they fall. They fail in some way and they throw, everybody throws everything out because likely those guys were beating people up with an area that was their secret sin. And you just got to be ever so careful when you're talking about throwing stones at others. But Jesus intervened, and she never requested it. She liked it, didn't feel like she was worthy of it, out of shame. And we see that, too. They don't think they can. Verse 7, when they kept questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone. And they were mad. And again he stooped down and wrote in the ground. 
They became angry because he didn't answer their questions. That's confidence in knowing that truth will set somebody free. And we could always answer and have questions and things to say about people who are in sin. But really, we're basically saying, God, you're not enough for that person in that area of that person's life. And the very thing you accuse others are, are often your own hidden demons. We've seen it time and time again, even throughout the church. Dr. Carolyn Leaf says this. I hope we can get this quote up there. I love this quote. One of our greatest and hardest acts of love is to learn to accept people where they are without adding our expectations on their burdens. Right? They're already, people are already coming. And maybe you're coming with your own burdens and you're thinking, man, these guys wonder what I'm going to get beat up about, what I'm going to feel about. Well, that's not what you're here to hear. You're here to hear that, that God and Jesus is your rescuer. He's that one stepping in front of whatever situation you're facing, if it's physical illness, if it's financial difficulty, if it's a marriage issue, he wants to be your defense. The standard which you judge others, you'll be used to judge, will be used against, to judge against them. And the very thing they accuse others are, again, often they're demons. And last year has been difficult, I know. We've all gone through times, right? It's, it's, it's just been weird. And, and there's all kinds of fears and, and, and different points of view on things. And again, you see it in the churches, you know, against each other. And these guys shouldn't be doing this. And we're just picking up stuff to fight over. And really, we're, we've moved our lampstand onto this other thing that doesn't deserve it. When there's an opportunity to reach people with this amazing gospel of good news, that people can come and find that he's not picking up stones, but representing them. Now, this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, and only Jesus was left with the woman standing there. Today's takeaway, and we've got a couple of songs we want to share with you guys tonight still. Today's takeaway, our faults can't imprison us anymore when we find our rescuer. Like, if you're stuck, if, you, if you've been a Christian for a while, and you, 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 it's likely what you've been taught somewhere that you can't find freedom from it. Because you've been taught that you need to do something to intervene in those situations, and you've not been able to. So it's tiring. You're still struggling with the same things. And this is so cool. Because it's only Jesus and the woman are left standing. He's the only, and he's the one that, only one that has power to condemn her. And nobody else is around. He could have chewed her out. What were you doing? Who was this guy? He doesn't say nothing. And I want you to picture this. Whenever you're in a situation, because this is what Jesus would do for you. Whenever you have accusers standing in front of you, I want you to picture Jesus stooping down in front of you and writing till they all walk away. Because he's got a life much more for you than against you. Much more freedom in the story. Don't you think you're going to learn from lessons? You bet we will. We don't need to have these other teachers telling us this, though. Life's lessons and hardships are our best teacher. But do we ever want to come between people and the Holy Spirit or become a between a relationship with God when that's when they needed it the most? So I want you to picture that. Verse 10 says, Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? Next one. No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. And this is where I get to. People go, yeah, but he told her not to sin again. It's, it's our nature. But yeah. You know, what if, I wonder how far she got before she was in trouble again for something else. Right? Isn't that our nature? 
Typically, because whenever I share this scripture with people, they go, oh yeah, but he said, don't leave, don't you sin again. Okay, uh, if I declared that over your life, would you, would you find that a life of freedom? Don't sin again or line up. It's hard for us to fathom what God, how much God loves us. Because it's not, it's not us, we're human. We've been hit in the head enough times. Tim, one more than others. And you react differently. And, and I, I mean, you need to be forgiven for picking up those stones. But he would, Jesus would have said, wait, guys, you're going to need these probably because I'm not sure. But when you declare somebody a winner, they're a winner. It's declared. And I love when Judah Smith said that. He said that. He declared that over her life. She had that encounter. He's going to be there again. He's going to be there again. He's going to be there again for you because you're going to need it. You're not going to get that far. There are two types of teachers and two types of people. And I, I believe Pastor Kelly said this a while back. There's those who, are, who know they are sinners and those who are, think that they're righteous. And I want to just do a recheck in our own hearts to open up our hearts to people that are coming that are, may have areas of their life that they're struggling in that we don't. Don't pick up a stone. Be the one who stoops down in front of them and declares that freedom over their life. You choose your leader and your teacher, you choose freedom, and you choose Jesus. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. God, I thank you, Father, for, for, for God just showing us your love in this passage, God. This, this passage where, where we can look at it and see how you intervened on someone who didn't deserve it. It should have been stoned and put to death. And God, I thank you that, that today, Lord, as, as we struggle, God, as we have hurt in areas in our life, that you're there to rescue us. No matter what the circumstance, wherever, whatever the situation is in our life, God, we thank you that you intervene on our behalf, that you stoop down, God, and begin writing in the sand, God. And I, I believe, God, you're writing it in the sand because there's not enough land on the entire earth that could write down all our sins and mistakes. But you can easily erase them. And God, I thank you that you do that for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There's a special song that I, I heard it and I thought, we, we all need a rescuer to be our escape at times. And I, I just, just sit and listen to this song and then we'll close. It's true. 
If you've never made, came into a relationship with Christ or God, or maybe you're new to church, there's this value, that we call it intrinsic. It's a value that goes far beyond what you see on the outside. Because you can look at it and go, man, if I have to go through a life of being judged about every single thing and can't do this, can't do that, that's, I don't see freedom in that. But in that relationship with Jesus is where the freedom comes. It's in you declaring him over your life giving him that opportunity to represent you that it comes into your heart it's, it talks about Romans about confessing with your mouth that he's Lord he spoke it over the woman he speak it over you and maybe you're hearing that today for the first time thinking okay yeah that, I think he's talking to me I think, I think this Jesus wants a relationship with me receive it and we're going to say a prayer together and it's basically acknowledging that situation that, that you can receive him and ask him into your heart and have this journey of this amazing life that has so much value at it, far beyond what our eyes see and feel at times. But knowing that we have the freedom of a rescuer in our life, no matter what we face, we've got the joy of eternity with him. Let's pray. Just pray this after me. Dear Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again. I ask you to become my Lord, my Savior, my rescuer. I thank you for forgiving me of all my sins. And, and my past is past. And I get a new start with you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. A part of it is, is acknowledge. I'm just going to look around the room and just with every head bowed and eye closed. If you want to just make eye contact with me and we've got a card in the seat or if you want to text us later that, that you've made that decision. It's important that we'd love to help you with that in any way, connecting here or finding a great local church for you. But if you, I'm just going to look around the room. If you want to give me a quick wave. And we're not saying you're joining our church or coming back next week or anything. We'd love to see you again. But I'm just going to look around the room one more time. That's your first time today you felt that freedom to follow. Cool. Thank you for joining us today on our My Victory podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us, check us out at myvictory.ca. If you'd like to watch our live stream, go to victorylethbridge.tv.